This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. another episode here we are hey guys <laughs> rushes to grab mike because we didn't have our mics in hand the first time i was like that mr grabs me <laughs> you really were i wish i could have captured that it was great oh god <laughs> he hit the start button how um, 25 seconds in already i don't know time I- flies when i'm with you Oh my goodness. <laughs> it does. Ah! I, I can't. I don't. Can you? I don't know. Anyway, oh welcome God. to another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. I'm Samra. Welcome and back. Welcome back to the dysfunction. Hello. Uh, <laughs> we are talking about chapter 18 Lemonade. Ooh, Lemonade. I mean, I just realized I'm out of lemonade. There was not as much Beyonce reference as I thought there would be in this chapter. There was not. I I too thought there would be more references. I thought she was meeting Beyonce or something. That would have been spectacular. I wonder if she's ever met Beyonce. I would like to know. I feel like they must have rubbed shoulders at some point. Yeah, crossed paths at some point, maybe? Yeah, they're in the same business. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I would love to cross. You know what I was thinking about after the whole Met Gala thing? I was like, now that they're letting like influencers and such be included in the guest list, Ooh. I was like, podcasters? Yeah, like 30 years <laughs> in the future, it's just all podcasters there. <laughs> the new influencers. The new influencers. Okay, maybe like 10 years. Not okay, 30. Fair. Yeah, maybe not 30. That's a little... That's a long time. Things move quick. We'll be in our fi- we'll be in our fifties in thirty years. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine. That. I don't want to. Right. Nothing wrong with being in your fifties, but I'd like to stay in my twenties right now. I've got so much life to experience. Right, and I just realized I I I, I stay realizing this though. I'm like, <laughs> I have not done half the things I wanted to do in my twenties. <laughs> I'm almost halfway through. Wait, what else did you want to do? Like, you graduated college? You bought yeah, a house? Yeah. You started a business? Yeah. That's a lot of big stuff. I mean, what and, more what do you want? What more do you need, she says. <laughs> well, I guess, like, I in terms of, like, memory making. Like, I've done, like, the life things that you're, like, supposed to do. Like, checking off those boxes. But I'm talking, like, more personal things. Like, mm. establishing my style. Because, oh, okay. because who is she? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> and traveling. Like yeah. most of the places I've been are in the south. I want to go up north and I want to get out of the country. Period. Okay, okay. I do see what you mean. More like intangible goals. I guess. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I love it. That's such a good point. I feel like it's good to have like a little mixture of both. But yeah, since you know mm-hmm. that, focusing on I mean, traveling's pretty like you just have to buy a plane ticket, but yeah, but then the other thing with traveling is I don't want to travel alone. It's the other thing. You and could. then I, you I could like one alone trip. I just don't think I'd have fun. Like, I don't think I'm the type to be able to do an alone trip. Yeah, I mean, but you're, like, introverted to an extent. Yeah, to an extent. So, but if I'm going on a trip and spending money on something, I want to be able to do stuff that I can't do at home. So, like, I don't want to stay, I don't want to go somewhere to stay at a hotel room and order takeout and da-da-da, because I'm not the type to go eat a meal by themselves or... Unless I'm, like, studying or something, you know what I mean? Like, go to Panera and study or Starbucks or whatever. That's one thing. But, like, yeah. going to a restaurant and get dressed up to eat by myself. That's that's cool if that's for you. And I wish I could. I just, I can't. That's not me. Wait, I can't. Why do you think you can't do it? Because it's not that I can't. Let me rephrase. I. It's not that I can't do it. Is I'd rather not. I'm traveling. I want to travel with other people. I guess it's, I don't know. That's just how I'd have more fun that with way people. with people. Like even I've done road trips by myself where I like I drove to New Orleans by myself one time mm-hmm. and it was all right for the first couple hours. And then I was like, OK, I'm going to call somebody because I'm about to lose my mind. But also the trip, the drive to Louisiana is not that entertaining. But Right, I feel Still. like everything is not really like. I feel like if you're doing things like if you traveled to like somewhere up north and just like went to like some museums that you thought you would enjoy and like took yourself out to dinner, went shopping, discovered your personal style, just like felt things out. I feel like you could end up having a totally amazing time. That's true. Maybe it's. Yeah, like I said, it's not that I couldn't do these things. It's a preference, I think. A preference. Yeah, a I preference. I so, enjoy yeah. traveling with people, but honestly, like the right people. Out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it can it can easily go left. Yeah. People or by yourself. Yeah, and I've tried to like open the thought of like not limiting myself on travel because like other people can't go and like but I can go type thing. Yeah. Um, but then also like there's just some destinations I would not want to go alone like for sure like I don't want to go to Miami alone right for what (laughs) and like most like most of the places I want to go is like go alone it's like I wouldn't want to go to Greece alone Ooh, yeah that would be beautiful anywhere that's pretty I feel like well Miami's pretty i don't know i yeah i get i get what you mean like it depends on the vibe of the city like i feel like new york city you could easily be alone and like not feel alone you know what i mean yeah that's like the one place i think i could go alone and be okay because me like my 
fantasy trip to New York is going to a Broadway show every day and eating in between and then going to see the sights in between shows. Like, that's my dream New York trip. Yeah. Which I could totally do that by myself, but I'd rather not do it by myself. Because also, traveling alone as a woman, dangerous. And I feel like I'd get in my head about so many things. That it just like I just be so anxious to the point where it's like, why did I even come here? Oh man, I feel it. Yeah, it'd be like the in between, like the like during the shows, I'd be cool, and like eating, I'd be cool. But then I'd like low key be lonely, like, huh, eating in New York (laughs) by myself, liberated woman, but lonely woman. She's like, I need my girls with me. Right. Like, I love traveling with y'all. Like, it's so fun. That's so, that is true. We have evolved. We've yeah. evolved every time. It's always usually a good time. There's, like, always that one, like, but, you know, it's it happens and then it's over. Yeah. And you learn and grow from Right. Right. Sure. So, yeah. Maybe I'll try to do, like, because my coworker was telling me he went to like Chattanooga or something by himself for his birthday. Like he just went alone and like went to see some sites, stayed in his hotel room and like had a great time. And I'm like, okay. I would love to be able to be like that. But I guess another thing is I've never tried it. So how do I know I don't like it? I feel like you would enjoy it a lot more than you think. It's nice to get away. It is like legit a getaway. And like even going to the spa, I was like, if <laughs> I was going, I was in my head, like if I was a mom here at Ross Bridge, because that's the spa that I went to, mm-hmm. I would be like coming here once a week. Like mommy needs her alone <laughs> time. She needs to not speak to anyone. She needs to just be able to scroll on her phone if she wants to relax and just like literally unplug yeah that i could definitely do alone like if i wanted to take a little like mecation to to ross bridge <laughs> i think i could totally handle that one that's a good one yeah. maybe that's a starting point yeah they even have a hotel like that's what i was gonna do for my birthday but then i ended up not doing that but anyway i still want to do it like eventually together just kidding that defeats the whole point <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it would be a Flinchy Well Red Retreat. Okay, it's done. We're going to Ross Bridge. <laughs> the way it started out the whole independent thing, and now it's just back with the girls. The opportunity presented herself, and I said yes. <laughs> I feel like that's really what I really was getting at. <laughs> Like, if you really want to travel and it's, like, it's so hard to get everybody on the same schedule. I know how hard that shit is. And, like, sometimes it's, like, look, I just need to get out of town next week. Like, I'm at my breaking point. ASAP. Yeah. So, if you ever just feel the need to, like, book yourself a little trip, I, I say go for it. Yeah, that's true. And I've also gotten into that thing where it's, like, if everybody can't come, that's okay. Still go. Yeah. Even if it's just like you and one other person or you and two other people, like still do it. It'll it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you usually end up making more interesting memories when yeah. you go that route. Like when it's something you didn't really plan it out like that. Right, right. But y'all aren't here to hear us talk about this. So let's get into it. Uh... Yes. 
Yes, girl. Let's get into more than enough. <laughs> yes, lemonade. I guess we did kind of open the chapter, but I did I read this? You I did didn't. not yet. Not yet. All right, guys. The ch- uh, quote for this chapter is, I go forth slash along and stand as 10,000. And that's Maya Angelou, our grandmothers. Mm, love love that yeah okay were you gonna okay you can dive in i feel like you're about to dive in go for it i just reading this rereading this quote after like reading the actual chapter Mm -hmm. it is hitting different i have to say oh now that you say that now that i reread it definitely Mm -hmm. hits different maybe we can repeat the quote at the end okay yeah that'd be good okay yeah this this i feel like this chapter is really outlining some of the struggles slash benefits of being black in the corporate world specifically like the executive corporate world yeah like the poc sweet c-suite that she talks about that we'll get into that i didn't even realize was a thing but i love that it is I know. I was like, okay, Elaine, put me on. <laughs> right. She stayed putting us on. She does. She does. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I feel like I keep cutting you off. Oh, no, you're good. I was just, um, I just thought it was cool. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about this the whole book and the whole season, but just how the reality of a successful black woman means like apologizing for taking up so much space being called bossy being told to tone it down or to be grateful for what you're given um these are just things that elaine and so many other people that she meets once she's kind of inducted into this c-suite poc group (laughs) yeah Um, she realizes that we have to like individually stand in our power, but then it makes us so much more powerful when we are like collaborating and leaning on each other as black women. Yeah, for sure. And I love how she says, um, because that is what black women do. We take what we can get and we make magic happen. We make lemonade. Because I feel like that's exact, I mean, that encompasses the black woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's where we're at. That's what we have to do. Like, you know, when they come out with those things where it's like, who's going to get hired out of like these group of people, like the order of hiring. And it's like white man first and then black man and then a white woman and then black woman. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It reminded me of this episode of this show called Mom, where the the lady, the one of the moms, she's like an older white lady, but she's also like past drug addict, past alcoholic, and her bio mom passes away, and like she meets her half sibling for the first time, like she that she didn't even know existed, and he's a black man, and they like go back and forth at one point, and she's like left at left at birth left at a fire station at four years old and he's like mommy like something something our mom did to me like shitty mom and then she's like alcoholic and uh, or no and she's like woman and he's like 
black man. And she's like, alcoholic. And he's like, gay. Whoa. <laughs> Not the <President laughs> Olympics in this. But... <laughs> exactly what it was in that moment it was the impression Olympics. i love it i mean when we can make light of like what's tearing us down daily i mean i think that's a win right yeah yeah a little a little sunshine in the cloudy day if you will right right but you know what they say about pain what do they say it makes you funny it does Honestly, my trauma has made me hilarious. Or like like I get dark humor because sometimes you have to make it funny to be able to get through it. Like you you take it seriously, but you also have to like make light of the situation also. Got to. You cannot take yourself too seriously in life in general, but especially when like... Like, I saw this meme that was, like, anxiety is really just, like, you creating a conspiracy theory about yourself. <laughs> I saw and that, I too. I was like, wait, I'm the main <laughs> character. <laughs> you are, we are the main characters. Right. And it's just, like, half the stuff that you're thinking in your head when you have anxiety is, like, not even really happening. Mm-hmm. Like, no one else can see it. It's, like, this invisible struggle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. (laughs) We're talking about the black woman and our struggle and just like how we have to jump through so many hoops to even get the bare minimum, like not even to get what's at the top, but like the bare minimum. Like I was always taught you have to be smarter. You have to work harder. Mm -hmm. You cannot be basic basically. Yeah, no, right. You have to be on top of things. Otherwise, you just will not. Like, you're not going to get handed anything. So Mm-mm, At all. And that's exactly you what a lady better work. <laughs> <laughs> you better work, bitch. <laughs> uh, wait, can that be episode title? <laughs> you better work, bitch. Or yeah. You work. <laughs> all of it. But, like, I'll put, like, a little, the asterisks. Oh, Okay. On the, like, the B.I. Oh, love it. Bleeping us out. Censoring Bleeping ourselves. us. <laughs> Censored. Um, okay. But in, like she says, and to fra- uh, paraphrase the great Maya Angelou, still, like, air we rise. Yes, period. And I mean, you see it everywhere. Like, the, the strength of Black women through every single hardship. I mean, even at the Met Gala, like... One of the few black designers that was on the carpet got ripped to shreds because she dressed AOC in this dress that said tax the rich and everybody just literally, including me, like just tore into that because it looked very performative, but she stood in it and she said, I was not surprised that I got backlash because anytime a black woman puts anything on her body she gets backlash and yeah I thought that was pretty fantastic like she she just stayed silent throughout everybody saying things and I said things and then I had conversations with Alana basically I just wanted to say yeah that she's she's a genius because I like after having this conversation with you Alana 
and you know just reading different um opinion pieces about the dress and then also realizing how much i had been just myself thinking about the dress i was like oh wait she made a statement oh wait this was performative activism done correctly like she actually understood the assignment she did her research like and the dress was borrowed and she didn't pay for her ticket so we can't get mad at her for like being you know a part of this capitalistic like regime or some shit but like i don't know lacy who is the owner of basic and actually basic is one of our sponsors I talked to her about it also today because I've been talking to everybody about it, trying to figure out what their opinions are. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, um, AOC has become a part of this kind of wealthier, higher tax bracket group of individuals because of her career at this point. And like, she has not done anything extravagant for the entirety of her career. And like the fact that she wanted to do the Met Gala, I mean, it's her right to like do that if she wants to do that. But then also like she is legitimately fighting to tax the rich every day in Congress. And so like you can't say she's not doing the work. And anyway, it just like made me see it all in a new light. And I thought that was really beautiful yeah that was kind of my main point like when i took a step back and really thought about it was that aoc like like you said aoc is doing the work that's why it's less like negative performative activism because right or like like the okay like the tweet i sent you that i thought was hilarious because so true i'm about to pull it up um AOC's dress is performative criticizing the dress is also performative everything is performative we're all performing welcome to clown school (laughs) (laughs) and that's from a podcast called not safe for wonks and yeah I didn't even realize until I like looked at their profile I was like okay another podcast hello um right and I was like that like there's so many different levels with this Mm -hmm. but Either way it goes, they won. They won. They won. They They won at the end of the day. They did. We did exactly what they wanted us to do, which was talk about it. Because like we talked about, I think in the last episode or episode before, it's really easy for cancel culture to like look at something and be like, oh, this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. But you've done no research. Like everybody's saying like, oh, she's at this event that costs $35,000 a ticket well, did you research that the event, like if you are invited by a designer to wear their gown or outfit or whatever, that you don't actually pay to go to the event? Mm, And like, it was an amazing platform to uplift a black designer on top of everything. Right. And AOC herself is a person of color. And I mean, like you said, levels to the shit. There's so many levels. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because it really is like a parallel to the last chapter or like the last few, whatever. Because that's exactly what I thought about when Elaine was like, I put all this thought and work into this thing and then Black Twitter tore it to shreds. 
It's yes. literally the same exact thing. Scenario. But I really, yeah, but I really like this one because AOC and the designer said, we don't give a shit. Like, they we stand care. by it. They, they're not apologetic. Like, we mm-hmm. were like, we did it and you're doing what we wanted you to do. Like, what we wanted the outcome to be. So, thanks. No, literally, like the great Maya Angelou said, we rise. We rise because it was... Like, at first, I will say, at first look, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why did... I was looking at the dress, and I was just immediately like, what the fuck? Like, what? (laughs) Why? In whose name? (laughs) Right. But then, when I took a step back, did my own research, because people are quick to type things and not do research behind it. I know I'm like at work, like making snap to, to judgments, like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And every, and, but it, it's like the other thing, another piece of it that I saw today was like, when we say tax the rich, we're kind of not def- like pe- when people think rich, they think like, you know, AOC, somebody would consider her rich or we're thinking, um, people who make six figures as like rich which i mean yeah they are but we're talking like the jeff bezos of the world the mark right. zuckerbergs of the world those right big, those people who don't pay income ta- don't pay taxes at all pretty much yes yes so it's that not when targeting it's not yeah. even a republican democrat issue it's like these people are just they Oh, they control so much of the wealth. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. And it's like if we tax them properly. Like maybe we could afford to pay student loans off. Right. You know, just random things. Maybe like fix our infrastructure because we're so behind every other first world country. There's so many things we can do. There's so many things we can do. So like when people are ripping to shreds like AOC tax the rich and it's like, but you're rich. But it's like, but you're missing the point of what we're talking about here. That's not the point of tax the rich. Yeah, it's like when that when everyone was mad at what is it like? Um, basically, we were saying like defund the police, but it really meant like oh yeah, reallocating. Yeah, that's going to police to like actually serve the community, but just yeah, things like that that are like ooh. it's more than just surface level. Yeah, and I think that's why marketing is so interesting to me. It's like psychology a little bit, but you just never know which way people are going to take things. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, because I, yeah, I began as one of those people as to like, AOC, why? I love you. Why would you do this? Right. But then I look back and I said, oh, duh. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. And it all made sense. Right. So, yeah, guys, let us know if you have any thoughts about the Met at all. And they're apparently going to be a part two. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. No, it's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Americana. (laughs) It's like, what more? Y'all gave us not much. (laughs) Like, what more can you? I hope you can give us more. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm hoping. I am hoping it's like the designers and like people be like, okay, we see what happened at part one. Let's make sure that part two is better. Well, apparently, I was watching a lot of interviews today and last night, and apparently some people were trying to tone it down because of, like, 
the pandemic and how people are like are still dying. Oh. They don't want to make some big, um, like crazy gesture that looks so because you know the Met Gala is really like in itself. It's so luxurious, so wealthy, so decadent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. almost like awkward. It was that's what how I felt about the um, tax the rich dress. It just felt out of place. Like it was like mm-hmm. this is not a riot. Like this is an event. This is like a fancy event. But anyway, mm-hmm. I feel like some people may have also been taking that into consideration. Like so many things were thought about. But we're just like looking at fashion. Like we just want, and the thing is like, we'll never be satisfied either. That's the thing I was thinking about too. We will literally, it will never be enough because even Mm -hmm. like we're saying like AOC is putting in all of this work, but it's like, unless people can see that work, it means nothing. Correct. That's so true. And even when we get there, it's still going to, it's always going to be something. Mm-hmm. Even when we get there, it's going to be something. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I feel like, okay, can we celebrate for like one second, <laughs> then move on to the next cause? Like, enjoy this moment real quick, then move on. I think that's an extremely important point. And like, anyway, I promise we're going to get back to the story. <laughs> we do this. But it's okay. Especially as people of color, we have, have, have to celebrate our wins because so much of what we're focused on is negativity mm-hmm. and like just so much like unpacking of just really dark shit from our country's past that's still affecting us and still affecting our future generations and stuff. So like, yeah like how you were like look like there's a starting point like there has to be a starting point like last chapter or one of these chapters where I was upset because nobody passed the paper bag test and you were like but they started somewhere at least there are three black women on the cover like you have to celebrate that and like you're right (laughs) otherwise what are we working towards you know right exactly if we like if we hit a milestone even though it's not the big kaboom like Mm -hmm. can we celebrate that for a second because that means we're moving up right period period and I think that this chapter itself like that's a perfect transition because Elaine in this next little part of the chapter starts to negotiate deals um like big million dollar deals that i mean it's her first time doing this and it's really like basically they told her if you don't perform like you don't you're not you know what i mean like they already gave her like a cut salary they're already facing budget cuts they're like it's up to you elaine to turn this brand around and make us relevant again And so she's trying to do that. And I think that it's really cool that she meets this woman named Boz. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're on 241. Um, Her name is, her full name is Bazoma St. John, um, but they call her Boz. And she's a powerful, well-known black female marketing executive. I googled her and it seems like she's like the marketing executive, like the chief marketing officer for Netflix. I don't know where (laughs) she used to work, but currently she's at Netflix, which 
I feel like if you have the ability to control the media, like, that's pretty powerful. So the fact that there's a black woman in charge of that, like, right. props Amen. to Netflix. Um, I guess that's why we get so many cool shows like Dear White People and, like, things like that from Netflix is because <laughs> there's actually people of color on their executive team. Yeah. But, yeah, this girl, Boz, like, did you have any opinions about her? I thought she was dope. I thought she was badass. Like, I love, because this is what we love to see. This is what we want to see. Like, even the conversation we had the other day with another podcast that we're going to be collabing with pretty soon. Be on the lookout. Black Girl Flow. Check them out. Um, How it's not, it's not competition. It's collaborative work because we're reaching their base. They're going to reach our base. It's like we're climbing together no one trying to step on each other's toes it's like what can we do so that we both win at the end Mm -hmm. and I feel like there needs to be more of that there does and I I really I love that when there's like two black people in a room like usually you're making eye contact you're like low-key looking out for each other and I feel like this is such like a cool representation of that like camaraderie among amongst black people um versus like her work environment at teen vogue where she's like technically the head of the editor-in-chief of teen vogue but she's got these two other people who are also the leaders of they're also they're like co-editor-in-chief with her yeah And, and they're they're friends but they're also like trying to get their idea chosen by the committee that teen vogue is set in place and like yeah. it, it honestly sounds like a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> it's like work and play yeah it's a little bit like confusing her role still so the fact that she can have these moments with other black people in at her job even though it's not in her actual work environment like her like office space mm-hmm. like at least that keeps her going, it seems like. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then I love how she mentions the how they were in a meeting and there's these white advertising executives. And as soon, like, from her team walking in the room, like, out came the awkward, like, high fives and you go, girl. And, like, the black vernacular to, like, try to make everything seem... I don't know, like they were uncomfortable. So they were doing these things that are awkward and like makes the situation awkward, uncomfortable. But it's like the same thing happened. Like when we go to work and turn on our corporate voices, I feel like it's the same thing. Like we're trying to fit in a space that we don't necessarily feel the most comfortable, but we're just trying to make it. Right. Like Elaine was, she's seeing this and it's because of Boz's like unabashed blackness, which I thought was cool. She -hmm. said she like learned a lot from just like watching Boz interact. Like she, she did not code switch. She chose to wear dresses that hugged her figure and she, you know, wore her hair curly and she like just everything that she was doing is basically just like she just wasn't afraid to make white executives uncomfortable or anyone it seems uncomfortable which 
is really cool. But yeah, like she's watching her white coworkers be in kind of the same position that she's been in so many times in her career. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see how the turns table and like when you've never had to deal with that, it's not as like it's never comfortable, but I think you just as a person of color get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's something that if you've always been like the majority, then you've never had to to struggle with that. Right, right. And then I love the next interaction she has with Kenya Barris, who is the creator of Blackish. Mm-hmm. And they're interviewing or like they're meeting up because Yara Shahidi is going to be on the cover. She's one of the the teenage star from Blackish. Um and they're trying to like integrate Teen Vogue into the Blackish episode. Like Zoe, who is Yara Shahidi's character, is like going to get an internship at Teen Vogue, and they want Elaine on the episode. And like, just like the creative ways that she's making them still relevant, but like on her own terms. Yes, like, for sure. It actually reminded me of The Hills because they did that in The Hills. Did they really? I never watched The Hills. Yeah, they did. I just got... Well, I'm still re-watching it, actually. But... Um, or watching it for the first time, not re-watching it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what they did. Like, that was a lot of the plot of the show was just their two girls interning at Teen Vogue. And it just, like, they go from that job to, like, different jobs in the industry and, like, work their way up. And I was like, I wonder if Elaine was inspired by The Hills. Like, this was, like, her generation's version mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But um. still really cool. And, like, she says that Blackish was, like, one of the biggest shows um, on television at the time. So it's just, like, a lot of exposure. Right. Really good exposure. But then, like, they're in the middle of the conversation, very business talk, you know. And she says, Kenya interrupted her and said, as a Black father to three Black daughters, I just want to thank you for the work you're doing at Teen Vogue. And she was like stunned into this silence. And she was like, he was like, I have a favor. I promised my daughters I'd get a selfie with you since they're mad. I didn't bring them to meet you. And it's just like that that moment where it's like what you're doing is in fact making an impact more mm-hmm. than you know, more than you thought it was. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I mean, it got her in the perfect position to like pitch Herself. right right exactly exactly it's like, like i love you yes yeah yeah he was like oh absolutely no no question no problem about it the <laughs> next part though Ooh. oh my i screamed <laughs> i audibly screamed i was like you've got to be kidding me right now i know i know but i I've been in these situations before. Really? I have. And I just, I never know what to say. Uh, Okay, we're going to, I'll tell the story and then we, can we jump in that? Because I'd love to hear what happened. For sure. Okay, so next, what I'm talking about is, so Elaine's just gotten this deal and she's going to be on Blackish. Teen Vogue is going to be mentioned. Like they, the pitch has been won. And she's on the way back, driving in the car with her assistant. And 
um, she's like, you know, we should have been uh, celebrating, blah, 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 blah. But her assistant, like her, oh, her business lead, my, my bad, not her assistant, was staring straight ahead, slouching on her seat, seemingly weighed down by something. And so Elaine's like, what's wrong? She's like, that meeting could have not gone better. And the lead says, this is your ticket. I saw it in their eyes. They would do anything to support you. It's just that would never happen for a white girl like me. That's not a good way. It's just not a good look. Not a good way to be remembered. At all. At all. Because that's what you're always going to remember about this girl now. It's like, no matter what. No matter what. (laughs) It's like, I know you're not rooting for me you don't see what i see you don't see the bigger picture right All like you see is this is affecting me negatively yeah it's very it's giving very selfish yeah it's giving ignorant it's giving entitled it's giving so many words white fragility but that's a great way to sum it up yes <laughs> like and of course, Elaine is taken aback by this. She's confused. And like, what? And she said, what about all the hard? I mean, she didn't say this, but in her head, she's like, what about the years of hard work I invested into building my career from scratch? Like, this has been years in the making. I know, like, in this moment, it went well. But like, you don't know how hard I struggle to get here you just see oh it's easy for her because she's black and it's like no babe you're missing the entire point like you should be celebrating this with her right like this is a win for everyone involved right literally and you're like just getting butthurt because of her skin color and the jealousy too It's giving green-eyed monster. It's like so many things. So many things. And this was another one of those moments I was reading the book where like, obviously Elaine doesn't name this person, but I'm like, you know who you are. And like, if you read this book and like have to read about this, like. There's a whole chapter about your dumbass. (laughs) Like what, girl? I'm so sorry. I literally, at first I thought it was her other um, creative, like her, not creative director, her her other editor-in-chief yeah and so i was gonna google who the girl was because it was a girl and, and the guy yeah I was and i was like i'm gonna figure out who this is but Mm-mm. then i thought it was just a team lead and i could be anybody so yeah but like the people who time. worked on this project will know who it was but like we as the the audience will ne- will probably never know um but gosh but then she talks about she says i might never be able to adequately decode that oh wait no okay i wanted to hear your story my bad oh i thought i was getting away with that (laughs) no i like as soon as i started talking i was like shut up sam (laughs) was telling a story okay okay yeah this one's who it's not my favorite story but i feel like this is just one that stands out to me i feel like there's probably so many moments in my life like this that i've just repressed yeah um but it happened about the time when i was applying for scholarships and colleges i was a senior in high school type energy and i was applying for a bunch of minority scholarships And I happened to be talking about it with one of my white friends and 
she was butthurt that she couldn't apply for these minority scholarships and she was like it's really not fair that like um <laughs> you get special treatment because you're a minority like i don't get any type of like i forgot what that word is but like when they prioritize people of color like minorities in general mm -hmm. because they're so often overlooked oh dang i forget what that's called too oh crap but keep going i know, I know what you're talking about me. yeah she was like just kind of like talking through it and i mean i could tell she was just talking it through like getting it on her off her mind but just the fact that i was black i was like i feel like you're attacking me like I, yeah i'm literally like oppressed <laughs> like i don't understand what is a, like i should get i should get more scholarships beca because you make more on the for every dollar like your parents are making more money than my parents just for the color of their skin like and the thing that killed me is that she's not somebody that needed a scholarship at all you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's kind of just like the entitlement thing again to where it's like i just want to be able to have all the same um opportunities that you do and the fact that you're getting this opportunity because of your skin color is is bothering me and it just was so like i really saw this person in that moment i was like uh Wait. Mm. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. You're <laughs> like, you're so selfish. What? Like, you right? Be because they're looking at it. They're looking at a surface level. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at the big picture. They're looking at you're getting something that I'm not allowed to get, and now I'm mad. Exactly. It's so when it's, childish. Like that's yeah. Giving, it's giving Trump. Ism, you know what I mean? Right, where it's like, do your research as to why this is happening, though. Right, right. Like, I, I, I didn't explain it at all. I was not about to sit here and educate this girl, but I think I may have said, like, one or two words and then just, like, left it at that. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. You know, take notes, move on. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's, like, a whole, there was a whole court case. I forget. I think it was, like, at, the, yeah. at UT, the University of Texas, where this girl didn't get in, but like she didn't get in, but more black people or people of color were able to get in more yeah. than her. And so she sued about it. Internet. Affirmative action. Beautiful. Thank you, Lana. I literally typed in getting into college because you're black. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the exact thing that I typed in Google. Affirmative action. They said affirmative, affirmative action. action, babe. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> That's what you're Googling, sister. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, she was mad about affirmative action. I was like, the amount of black people that fought for years to get this, like, and this, there should be this more than affirmative. Yeah, like, affirmative action is the absolute least that this country could do like what about reparations <laughs> right like honestly like think about what would happen if they took race off scholarship or not scholarship but like college applications if race was just totally out of the question i know that would race be and nice, gender right race and nice. gender yeah just like and the people that 
like let you in i feel like they shouldn't have access to that info like admissions Mm -hmm. like i get they want to make their little graph or whatever but like yeah and there's probably reasons for it like i could see why it's gender so it's like oh we didn't just pick up like now the campus is 70 percent male and 30 percent female like okay i could kind of get that but so what I mean, that's true, but then you'd have people being like, well, we need something to be able to get more women into, like, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, but I feel like then at least the cards would fall where they may, you know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. But at the same time, I don't understand the legal system, so, like, I'm sure there's so many, like you said, there's probably reasons why they do things the way they do, but, like, Fuck it, you know? Burn the system to the ground. Create a new one. Yeah, or even, like, even if they took race off of it and it just so happened that 80% were white people still and it was only 20% black people, like, either way, it'd still be an issue at the end of the day. It'd still be a problem. That would be an issue. Oh, that's such a good point because... (sighs) Yeah, you have to take all that stuff into consideration, like school systems all these things that right like there's times depend on not depend on but like race is a very big factor right like if you came from a lower income impoverished school district obviously you're not gonna have the same access as someone who came from a better off school district so therefore your application nine times out of ten is probably going to look better in the end and those are typically wealthier people middle class which are typically white majority people. white people so that's why you have to put so i guess honestly probably for us as black people bubbling our race it probably helps us if anything it's if anything it's the it's the affirmative action in play it is it is indeed <laughs> and that's why we need it look we so, just proved the whole point <laughs> why itself, we need affirmative action but i was not gonna explain it to that person yeah no she could she mm, she could google it she could do the research she could do the research she definitely could um so yeah speaking of, <laughs> of affirmative act speaking of just keywords <laughs> just racism keywords there's another one coming your way on the last page of this chapter oh you mean nepotism yes ma'am i do mean nepotism have you ever experienced that in the workplace mm, i don't know i i don't i don't think so not yet at least heard yeah i really haven't well, I guess I did kind of get an internship in college. That's nepotism, low-key. But no black people were involved, besides my dad. My dad knew <laughs> this woman who knew the owner of a place where I interned. And so, like, pretty sure she, like, said some really nice things about me. And, like, that was a, a big part of why I got the job. Like yeah. how they say who you know. Usually, It's all about who you know. Yeah. And I saw nepotism in the workplace. I feel like nepotism can corrupt a workplace because like if it's a lot of like, oh, that's Billy's cousin's brother that just got hired. It's like a lot of people that 
it's like well what nepotism is like just favoritism and like getting the job not because you deserve it but because obviously you know someone and so I think it just creates like just not as great of a work environment um as when everyone's hired based on their merit um is it playing is it evening the field when black people are are using nepotism in in the work environment like is it evening the field or is it us just leaning into the same exact corruption that we were you know on the other side of just a few years ago you know what i mean i feel like this is i feel like you and i feel like i can see both sides <laughs> like I that's exactly see... what i was about to say i can see both sides yeah I, I literally i can and i i i i personally this is my hot take and i'm i'm not saying this is ethical i'm not saying this is ethical uh, decision but i think that black feminism <laughs> is fantastic and i will be applying it in my own life <laughs> if if i'm ever like the lead of a company if i ever have my own business hell yeah my kids are gonna get favorited because they're my kid and that's what I feel like doing. I mean, unless I don't think that they are like the right fit or something. Right. Like you'll still take into like if your kid, and I'm not saying Lord, I'm not saying this, but if your kid is just not suited for this position, you're not just going to give it to them because they're your kid. Right. That's going to affect they, like, my profit at the end of the day. But if I really right. believe they can do it. And they check all the boxes, then, then yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because honestly, to me, it's like generational wealth in a sense like mm -hmm. you're gonna get a keeping it in the family month, all that stuff yeah and i like think you still that, have to work yeah right and i think a little bit of generate a little knowing you got a little bit coming your way one day like that's kind of nice i think in a way because of the way the middle class is right now it's so hard to like just do basic things like pay your student loans off, buy a house. Just having a little bit of money coming to you in some sort of way. Um, I think that it's not, I don't think it's gonna make you rich by any means in today's mm. world, in today's economy. I think it would just be a nice cushion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do too. And like, I might think- Might allow you, sorry to cut you off. Might allow you, like, if you're an artist, like, it might allow you to like ha be able to pay your rent while you're creating art you know like mm -hmm. so that we don't our kids don't have to jump into the corporate world immediately like if you don't want to you don't have to but we kind of had to because we have to pay our bills like we don't have money coming in from our parents right and i mean to a certain degree it's like you have to because that's how they did it that's how they got to where they are it's almost like following the footsteps of what worked and what is working in this in like in the structure that we are currently living in yeah like nothing's changed so so until the, for this guy 50 years ago like and it's worked for every other guy who's done it like it works generational right. wealth works right and it's like 
until the main structure has been like radicalized and like redone, mm-hmm. you kind of have no choice. I agree. What is that? There's no ethical conception under capitalism. I feel like it goes into that same thing. Like, there's no ethical, like, way to make it in America. Well, mm-hmm. there is, that. but. But as a black know. person. As a black person, it's like 20 <laughs> times harder automatically. It's art. Like, everything's against you. So yeah. it's just like, that's why I feel like evening. it's evening the playing field. It's I definitely not, feel like it's evening the playing field. It's not as wrong as it seems, you know? Right. Like, when I can, I intentionally buy black. Like when like even down to my coffee that i drink at home like i buy from this brand called the grindhouse and she's a black woman owned biz black black woman owned business and her coffee's great and it's this about the same price as i would pay for something at starbucks it might be a, like a tad bit more expensive but i'm willing to pay that extra cost because i know it's a black and woman owned so i'm pouring in and investing into the black community because those are the people who need it. We're the people who need it. Not Starbucks. Starbucks doesn't need my money. They don't. They literally... They don't. <laughs> They're fine. Like, to an extent, yeah, they do because they need profit, blah, blah, blah. But to the point where Starbucks is at, me not buying their ground coffee from them is not hurting them. Right. I agree. Once you're a publicly traded company, you're just, I mean stuff can happen but it's like eh. like i'd rather business anymore sorry babe yeah like i'd rather buy black like intentionally buy black when i can than invest in things that high key don't do anything for me correct yeah and i think that is an amazing thing and i think that like hashtag buy black being so popular now how you know people like aurora james have invited so many big huge corporations to take the 10 percent pledge where there's our 10 15 15 it's 15 percent pledge where it's like 15 percent of your shelves should be stocked with black owned businesses products and it's like yeah that's not that hard to agree to but until somebody formally made that announcement that like that cause there was just no one holding anyone accountable right so i think that it's good especially where we live um to support small businesses as well as you know a black owned business a woman owned business like figure out what you care about figure out what you're passionate about And like Alana said, like pour your money into that because it just, it hits different when you buy something from a small business versus when you buy something from like a Zara or like someone that they only care about the profit at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, all we all care about is profit at the end of the day, but like differently, it's still different. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like socialists... People that like claim to be socialists don't care about profit and stuff. Like capitalists, anyone who's capitalist cares about profits. But I feel like so many of us, especially our generation, 
we care a lot more about what the company is like doing in their community type energy. Yeah. I guess what I mean is like, you still need profit to survive though. Like at the, at the end of the day, like if you're a non-profiting business, not a, not a non-profit, but if you're, business is not profitable yeah like if your business is not profitable what's gonna happen you're gonna go under you're not gonna make it Mm -hmm. so it's like to a certain extent you care about profits but it's I think it's also what you do like how you invest in your profits too like Mm -hmm. you know how do you treat your workers right like those types of things things. yeah it goes for profit business like I just feel like you should be held to a standard and I right. think that that goes into everything that we always talk about in these in these chapters in these beautiful chapters that we're reading that speaking of the next chapter is chapter 19 it's called weight of the world mm. which girlfriend I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders all the time so let's see what you're talking about <laughs> I know right I can't wait. We'll see y'all next time. Yep. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Basic is a slow fashion shop based in downtown Birmingham. Their team sources ethically made clothing from indie designers working within transparent supply chains. And the folks who made the items they stock were paid a living wage for their labor. As a human-centric brand focuses on fostering progress and inclusivity in the Deep South, their clothing and their content are intended to educate, elevate, and engage. They believe that business can and should be better. So, with the help of their customers, they get $5 of every sale to the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Human Rights Watch. You can shop basic at abasicshop.com and use our coupon code SHEWELLRED20 for 20% off your purchase. That's SHEWELLRED20 at checkout. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SheWellRed to stay in the loop. Also, be sure to send us listener letters, fan mail, or PR to our new P.O. Box, 1725 Gardendale, Alabama, 35071. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com or post about it in our Facebook group. And for any business inquiries or collabs, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. We love you and stay well read. Bye!